Everyone entered with jazz hands. The one and only Darlinda. Thank you for being on the Boss Bitch Show podcast. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you. Jazz hands and all. Oh my God. We love the backdrop. We love all the rainbows. We love this love shack hair, this outfit. Are you in your new place? I'm in my new place. Yep. I moved moved in. I was like slowly moving in since October, but then officially I moved in March 1st. So I'm here. I love it. Um, It's nice. It's nice to be with my love. We're engaged. It's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know how much Rachel told you about the format of the show, but we like to start with sort of a simple question of like, what makes you a boss bitch? And tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a boss bitch because I can do jazz hands pretty well. Like I can do them this way and that way and all of the different ways and this way. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. Just buying time, buying time. Um, I'm a boss bitch because I just follow what I want to do. I'm not I'm not the kind of person that's like, oh, they say I should do that. I mean, I you know, I'm a human. I had moments where it was like that, but I think just who I am as an artist and a person is like I'm just like, yeah, I want to do that thing, so I'm gonna do that thing. And I don't want to do that thing, so I'm not gonna do that thing. And so, you know, it just it's been the way I've approached my art, which is like, then, then also helped me just as a human in the world of like mm. boundaries and knowing, you know, the human in the world thing, those boundaries came a little bit later than the art boundaries came because <laughs> <laughs> it's easier, you know, we live in a capitalist society. So it's like, you know, it's like what we think of as working, you know, for me, it's doing my art and getting paid for it. And so it's like, that's easier for me to like be boss bitch and just be like yeah here I am mm-hmm. I'm doing this thing I'm making this money I'm you know living in New York City as a working performance artist <laughs> that's major wow. um yeah and you know it's like I think sometimes it's hard to to differentiate that with your life like I don't know like with personal stuff it's not as easy in that realm you know what I mean I don't know that, that makes sense I'm just it totally makes you know. sense You know, if you're a woman who's a performance artist, and particularly you as a burlesque artist, you really got to know your freaking boundaries. I mean, you really have to know how to navigate in um, the world of entertainment, which can be dodgy as it is, you know, and then translating that to our personal lives where we're very much conditioned to be, as women in our personal lives, to be um, agreeable and to not be a boss bitch. Right. right. <laughs> and then letting those two people be the same person. Right. Yeah. That's mm. it's a it's a lifelong challenge. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're like chameleons. Right. We, we've we've all talked about this before. You know, it's kind of like we know how to dip and weave and like be all the things to all these different people, and, you know, while still maintaining our level of self-expression and integrity and, and, and who we want to be in the world. But yeah, there, there's still so much caca to navigate. For lack of better yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, Darlinda, I want to uh, 
if our audience doesn't already know when this is posted, um, you are a burlesque artist extraordinaire. And how long have you been doing that? And what was like sort of your road to that uh, type of art? So um, February was my 18 year anniversary. I'm now an adult in the burlesque world. <laughs> She's legal. I'm legal. She's um, legal. Yeah, I can fight in burlesque wars, and I can. <laughs> you can buy burlesque cigarettes. You can buy burlesque I'm cigarettes. I can vote in burlesque elections. <laughs> um, you can finally do that that number where you're a giant cigarette. Exactly. Finally, finally. Um, so yeah, so that's been exciting, and it's interesting. Um, what was the other part? What was the other part of the question? Oh, what, what brought you to burlesque oh, as an artist? Okay, so yeah. I, I studied theater. I actually studied theater direction um, in this, like, funky school in Northern California called Cal State, actually Central California, called Cal State Monterey Bay. And my, my, my uh, major was called teledramatic arts and technology. Teledramatic was this word that, um, oh, my God, why can't I remember his name? It is Luis Valdez. He started Teatro Campesino in California, which was theater for the for the work, the laborers and the migrant workers. And like he did all this like revolutionary theater, like kind of akin to like the mime, San Francisco Mime Troupe. I think they kind of all work together. So he started this amazing program at a state college in California, State University. So it was cheap, which is great. Um, I mean, that was the 90s, so I don't know what it is now, but it was then. Um, and so it was really cool because in two years, you were supposed to, like, learn all the mediums. So, like, theater, new media, radio, film. There's one more that I'm – live live performance stuff. <laughs> I forget that. <laughs> so I, I focused on direction. Um, I think, actually, interestingly enough, because I was probably told that I couldn't be a performer, so I was like, well – I'll direct, which is like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you'll make less money as a performer or, you know, just thinking of this now as I'm talking. So, so I studied direction, which was so, so cool. I'm actually really glad I did it because I think as a performer, I'm now getting into acting too. So it's like all of this, like I have bigger vision of what, like, it's not just like, oh, I'm doing this one little thing. It's like, oh, I'm part of this huge thing. Like, it's not just me in this bubble. It's me in this huge, you know, it's a, whether it's a movie or a TV or a burlesque show or a comedy show, it's like, I'm there and I'm bigger than all, you know, I'm part of something really big, which is like really pretty special. And like seeing actors in the beginning of the pandemic and they're like, got, they're just like, you know, like I saw the, um, the Sondheim 90 year anniversary and all these like Broadway actors were like, just like had really shitty backgrounds and like didn't put on makeup. And I was like, Oh, because they don't know how to do that. Like they have someone who does it for them. And I mean, it was, a, it was a cool, wow. it was a cool thing, but um, the ladies who lunch was the best part. If you, if it's on YouTube, you should watch it. If you see it, you saw it. Yeah. It was like, cause they all tried, they had their like martinis and they were in robes and they like looked really cute. Anyways. So I feel like actually the pandemic is like, oh, actually, I know what the hell I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, you know? So anyways, so I directed the vagina monologues like so many college students over the years have done, um, <laughs> which is Work. which is like such a great, I think it's like, is it the best piece of theater? No. Um, is it revolutionary? Yes. 
uh, like, does it give women a really op great opportunity to like get to know themselves and like do something good for the women at large? Yes. So, and it was good for me because I was like, oh, you know, I was going to study languages and then I, um, I was on the student government doing, I was like the residence hall representative. I'm like, I don't know who, like what, I think I was going to go to politics or something. I have no idea. <laughs> Got free. I don't know. I don't know why I ended up in that realm, but I was like, I'm going to be part of it. Um, and then the, the LGBTQIA club leader was like, Hey, there's this play called the vagina monologues. And I was like, I read through it. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to direct this. And then like I sat through an hour of that show and watched people's like minds just change so quickly. Mm -hmm. Then fast forward after that, that became my major theater direction became a major. And I went and I discovered Hedwig and the Angry Inch was actually a play because I'd seen the movie. So this was like 2001. I saw the movie and I was like, this is major. And then I got the DVD and I watched on the DVD. It had um, like the making of, and I was like, this is a play. This is major. And so it's like, so that play gave me this window into the cabaret world and like downtown artists and like what it means to tell a story in this intimate setting. Um, and really like inform my life. I also learned about transgender people through that play because I didn't really know it was a thing really. Um, and so, yeah, so I did that. And then like in college, like the summer between, you know, like after graduation, my roommate came home and was like, I just saw this thing called burlesque. It's so cool. She had gone to Teaserama, which is a festival in LA. And she saw Catherine Delish and Dita Von Tees and a lot of other people. Dirty Martini was there. And, and she was like, and they do this. And it's like, it's like a short form dance, but you end up naked at the end. And then there's some kind of like cheeky comedic punchline. And then I also been doing a lot of comedy improv since I was like 11. And I was like that I have to do that. I never saw it, but I was like I have I'm going to do that. That's my thing. I'm going to do that thing. So, back to being a oh! <laughs> Wow. I love that story. I mean, I think you know, it's so interesting to know where burlesque artists come from, like what their background is because I find there's a lot of Venn diagrams in there. And you know, from a directorial perspective, I feel like a lot of you know, burlesque artists are solo artists. So they're usually coming up with the concept. They're they're giving the lighting cues. They're doing the music. They're doing their own makeup. They're building their own costumes and props. Like you really have to be a visionary or have a team and be very, very rich. You yes. know, yeah. most burlesque artists start out, you know, as these like one woman bands, you know? Well, each act um, is like a, a mini one woman show. Right. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there really is beginning, middle, and end. There's, there's costumes. There's a, there's a story arc. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. good ones, at least. Right. <laughs> well, I've right. seen so much bad burlesque. So much so that I like that. Um, I had some friends that were doing. It was oh, I forget what the show was called, but it was like they would take whole albums and then like people would do like sing it or do burlesque or do whatever acts to the song. And we did um, Michael Jackson. Is it bad? Is that the name of the album? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, somehow I got the title song. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
Well, maybe the album was Thriller, but Bad was a song. Or maybe maybe those are separate albums. I don't know. I can't remember. I should know, which is, yeah. Anyways. um, Let's Google. Should we Google it? Anyway, so I did Bad as I did like a bad burlesque number, which I felt guilty about because I also taught burlesque for a really long time. I still do, but I haven't, you know, maybe in a year or something like that. But but I just, like, I one time saw a performer, a new performer, um, had a boa and she had a feather on her lip and it just stuck there the whole time. It's just like, she didn't acknowledge it. Not even like a, ooh, or like a, <laughs> or something. She just was like dancing with this feather stuck to her lip gloss. And I was like, oh, what is this? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. And like, as a comedian for me, I'm like, that's such a gift yes. to like have that happen. Like to make that a whole bit. You know, but if you don't, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so interesting, right? Just like sort of dealing with the reality that you have in front of you. Right. You know, and it happened, um, darling, you know, uh, Bombazine Bean, right? Yes. Bean Queen, Queen yes. Bean. So I'm walking into the stand last night, um, you know, club in, in Union Square, and I'm, I'm getting ready to do a, a strictly Jewish comedy show, which I've never done before, yes. but it was wonderful. And, you know, when you see friends like that, that are sort of like out of context, I'm usually seeing her in like a, you know, burner poly sort of, you know, context. Right. And here she is like, ah, in the front door at the comedy club. And I'm like, what's up? Girl? Hey. And she was like, I'm so mad. I get trapped. And I was, she was like beside herself. And I'm like, what happened? She's like, my friend and my sister and I were in this comedy show and we are just like really enjoying ourselves and just, we're all just in it laughing. And the host goes, what the hell are you laughing at? And she's like, it just shut us all down. And what the hell, like you're supposed to laugh at a comedy show. And it's like, they couldn't just roll with it or be like, Hey, is there an inside joke that I'm not getting? Or do you think I'm just the funniest? You know, there's so many other ways you could have handled it. And a similar thing happened to Kirsten at a, at a comedy show as well, where it's like she was oh, really enjoying this other comedian's uh, joke and she has a yeah. very gregarious laugh and they like considered it heckling. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> what? I got in like sort of like um, a disagreement backstage with this comedian after his set. Because, of course, I had to pick the scab because it's a straight white man, you know, I'm just like, I'm gonna fuck with you for this. So, yeah, I was on the lineup and I went out to watch the other comedians and this guy was really funny and I was, I have a cackle. Like, I have been, I've gotten dirty looks at Broadway shows and, but I will not apologize for enjoying myself. And it's almost as if, Sometimes some men, not all men, okay, but some men are, it's like they're insecure that the person's, the audience member's laugh is funnier than their set. Yeah. Because I was laughing, his jokes were great, I was laughing, and the audience was laughing, and then the the audience was also laughing at my laugh. They were, the audience was also enjoying my enjoyment. Yeah. He didn't like that. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I, for a really long time, I wasn't really a fan of stand-up comedians. 
honestly. Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. We're not. So, we're not either. No <laughs> and and I realized because like I, you know, in burlesque, I kind of and t- in teaching, I kind of like I'm like, what is our job? What do we do? You know, thinking about it and how to teach it. And one of the things that I say in my classes is that burlesque is a stand-up comedy of dance. Like you you show up, you're like, here I am. I'm going to take my clothes off or I'm going to start naked, but you're going to see my body um, and you're going to feel something. This is our agreement. I'm the performer and I'm giving you the gift of my body, of my act. It's a gift for you. It's not about me, which is like amazing because it get, I'm getting shivers right now because it, it always like helps me to, to like, if I'm nervous, um, it helps me to realize, oh, it's not about me at all. Like I... I'm an artist and I'm a performing artist and I give people a gift and, and people be, like we're in such a fucked up world that we need laughter. Like we need to be able to laugh. We need to like go in, like in the history of live performance, it's been the most successful and the most like renaissance when the world sucks out there. Like you can go in to like see a Shakespeare play and everyone's got the fucking bubonic plague or whatever. I don't know my team. <laughs> Cut me off, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's when Shakespeare was probably doing his work when like people were really suffering, and it was like an opportunity for them to like not suffer for like, I don't know, his plays like five hours for five hours. You could just sit. (laughs) Whoa, the world is better now, you know. And or maybe you saw a horror piece, but you still you still had you still were taken away from the craziness of the world. And like, I think Mm -hmm. once I realized that. I could, then I could enjoy comedy because there were some very, there are some very giving comedians where I was like, oh, they're giving, they're not worried. And that's it. I think it's like, they're worried about you laughing too much. Like, fuck off. It's so, it's really bizarre. <laughs> really, really bizarre. It even um, happened within the context of like the show last night, just observing the other comics right here was like an almost exclusively Jewish audience, yeah. right? And a lot of the comics didn't feel that they were doing well. And I was like, they want you to impress them and they want you to not care. You just have to get in their world. Mm -hmm. And then I went last and I had like a really fun, great set. The audience was totally engaged. And I was like, oh, because it's like, I'm not like meeting them on their level and then getting all worried about what they think of me. And it was just like, hey, it's your Aunt Rachel. I'm going to tell you these freaking Jewish jokes. It's going to be a good time. Come on for the ride. And they're like, okay. It's not like this weird, like, will you like me, please? And if you don't, I'm going to yell at you. Well, the root form of, I'm going to just nerd out a little bit more on this. Um, The root form of entertain means to hold. And so I just think, I'm like, oh, we're holding the audience. We're literally like, here you are. I love you. It's okay. The world sucks out there, but I'm going to show you something different that you might never seen. Or like, I'm going to tell you something that you identify with because I'm funny and I get, you know, I'm Jewish too. So, you know, look at our IBS or whatever you want to talk about. You know? That makes sense because my old therapist used to be like, you're a shaman. Like comedians are shamans. Burlesque performers are shamans, you know, we are, we are elevating, we are grabbing them and we are elevating their energy and taking them on a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, It just got me thinking that, you know, um, in Santeria, like all of it's done through storytelling. Oh, 
Oh. Yeah. Wow. Never made that yeah. connection. Woo! I'm, I'm just like just shivers. This is you know we talk about how like boss bitches we are and how strong we are, but like, wow. Witches, 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 witch bitches. <laughs> There's also like a whole history of like, um, of like sacred clowns and like it's a it's a whole thing. It's wow, like, you know, yeah. the Jews were clowns. It was like a thing. It's like there's there's I have this book. Oh, where is it? It's, oh, it's in my Jew area. It's <laughs> the Jew. My book. The, my Jew shelf. That's my. Jew. It's like here. Can you see it? There's the yeah. menorah. <laughs> literally, literally a Jew shelf. Yeah, there's yeah. Anyways, um, there's it's called Vagabond All Stars, I believe, and it's it's kind of like talks about the history of Jews through comedy and like Yiddish theater, and it's uh, I haven't finished it yet, but it's pretty interesting. And there's like yeah, Volkspina. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Also, also, um, we want to talk about your your engagement yes. too. Tell. I'm engaged. I mean, I think my show at Joe's Pub right now. That's like a little bit more important <laughs> to me. <laughs> Work. Yes. I already got the guy. I got the ring. It's like great. I'm I'm getting married. It's gonna happen. Congratulations. No matter what. Aww. And you're like, well, my show at Joe's Pub. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to sell as many tickets as I want to. <laughs> yes, you are. Tell us about your show. Um, okay, my show. Um, well, no, I can tell you I can tell you about the engagement because it is a fun story. And then I'll tell you about my show. Perfect. So, um, so I am part of a duo called the Schlepp Sisters, which is a Jewish burlesque duo. And um, we had our last Menorah Hora, which was our Hanukkah show. We have done it for 15 years, and we were like, I think that 15 years is a good amount of time to do it. Like, yeah. let's, let's end on a high note. So we did. And at the after party, we like, we, we had, it was like, a, it's, it was at Le Poisson Rouge and we went across the street to some restaurant and we had, you know, planned to have the party there. And we, me and many, my dance partner were just kind of walking around and saying hi to everybody. And I finally sat down with my then boyfriend, now fiance. I was like, I feel like I'm at my wedding. This is weird. Like, you know, and he was like, Oh, actually, um, I have something for you, and and he gives me a ring box, and I'm just like, uh, I was like, are you proposing? And he's like, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, we had talked. It wasn't like I thought it would come a little bit later, um, because we have, you know, we at that time maybe we were together for like seven months or something. <laughs> But, you know, it's like a emotional U-Haul. It's great. I love it. I'm very happy. Like, um, he's he's the definition of a mensch, uh, which is pretty amazing. And um, he's also a beauty king. He won Mr. Transman 2011, Murray Hill's uh, Transman pageant. Oh, he's got a work. Oh my God, I love Murray Hill. And he's Thanks. killing it right now. Bridget Everett's show, Amy Schumer's show. And yes. ironically, I think that was one of the shows that we may have both been on because Murray was hosting. I remember that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And <sighs> muy interessante. Everything is full circle. Full circle, yeah. Like Murray's oh my like, God. He kind of introduced us because. The, the person who actually introduced us is Topher Gross, who was also a contestant at Mr. Transman in 2011. And 
they became Victor won, obviously, like I said, and they became friends. And I had just, I had been dating a friend of mine over the pandemic and it didn't work out, but we're still friends. It was like the most healthy breakup of my life. Like I was like, seems like we can't give each other what we need. No. Do you want to still be friends? Yeah. Great. Okay, cool. You know, like, and now we hang out and she's like, you got the perfect partner. Like, how did you manage that? I was like, what did you do? I was like, <laughs> burn a lot of green candles and, you know, <laughs> live through a really shitty relationship no. to realize what I don't want. Um, but, um, so my friend Tover Gross, who used to throw a lot of parties, also was in the pageant. He was like, oh, my friend Victor is moving back from L.A. in, in March. You got to meet him. He's great. Um, and, yeah, he's also uh, Victor's friends with uh, Scout Durwood. I don't know if you know her from, like, the comedy scene. She does some writing. And I don't think she was in the comedy scene as much in New oh, York, wow. but she is in L.A. Um, anyway, she's she did burlesque and then moved to New York and was doing stand up and does a lot of writing. And, um, anyway, she, 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 he found out about me through her and it was all just the whole thing. And then I did it. Actually, I sold my clothes. Um, this, this was like about a year ago, like I said. And so I had sold my clothes on like on uh, Instagram. I did Darlinda's like, uh, what did I call it? Darlinda's home shopping show. Um, <laughs> And I just like went live on Instagram and was like, and this, this is a, this is a bottle of lotion that I bought 10 minutes ago at Trader Joe's. For only $9.99. This scarf was my grandmother's, you know, things like that. And so it's fun to tell a story and then also make some money. And so I joke, I joke around about it. Like when I had that other sale, I was like, yeah, I should do another sale. Then I'll get another boyfriend. And so you casually got engaged at a restaurant yep. on Bleecker Street. Yep. Yeah, after my and it was cool because there was a lot of people that I knew and loved there. So it was nice to, you know, have friends around. And but it was like so quiet that the people around like there was probably like eight people sitting at this large table and no one noticed. And then I was like eating my salad and I was like, should we tell people? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Anthony was at the table and I was like Anthony, he just proposed to me. He's like, what? What? Yeah. And then like, you know, and then we're like, I have to go tell everybody. (laughs) So I have an interesting question that, that I thought of like, so, I mean, Victor is probably an amazing human no matter what, but do you think that him having the so much experience as a woman before transitioning contributes to like his sensitivity or how he interacts with you. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I guess. I think, I mean, I don't know. Um, I think there's just more empathy, you know, like understanding. And uh, we were watching some TV last night and it was like, someone was like, men are like shit bags or something. And he was, he was like, do you think I'm a shit bag? And I was like, you're fucking magic. Like, it's like, no. (laughs) Wouldn't be here. I mean, not no. all men are shit bags. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's just a sense of empathy to know what it's like to I think, you know, it's so what's so cool about I think being trans is that it's like um you're you're get, you're born into a body that's not the body that you want. And we were talking earlier about what it means to be like a boss bitch. It's like you're like this is not my body. I 
I want this other body that I, I feel more connected to, that is my body. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to do the things I need to do to get that body. So I think there's some sense of like, of, of, um, authenticity in a way, because it's like, you know, you're, you're really, it's like not easy. You can't just be like, yeah, no. I got these great tits. I love them. It's like, no, I don't want these. <laughs> they, yeah. These are things that I don't want on my body, you know? And, um, yeah. and so it's, I don't know if that answers your question, Rachel, but I still oh, no, can't it's, really it's, like, I, I mean, I can speak for him in that, like, I, I know that he's a kind and wonderful person and like, I know mm-hmm. history, but I don't know, you know, it's like, I don't know if he's yeah better. I, I met some really asshole trans people too. <laughs> like climbing in all gender. You can be an asshole or a mensch yeah. no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Everyone's got yeah. an asshole and everyone can be an asshole. Human. Um, Humans are indeed. Well, assholes. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. I was thinking about, you know, get, gearing up for this podcast and I was thinking about like burlesque and how I feel about burlesque and how it relates to me as a woman. And I don't know if you feel similarly, but like in a way I feel I feel like burlesque for me is fun because it's like female cosplay. Like it's like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Does that make sense? Because I'm not always like glamorous and like this stereotypical, um, stereotypically feminine. And I like exploring that through burlesque. Does that? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, it's like, um, I think the cool thing about burlesque is that you, whatever it is you are or want to be, you can, you're the hyper version of that. Like, you know, yes. people are always like, like a lot of performers are like, they have, they're like, there's like, say you, you were an actor and then you were like, I want to do burlesque. And then you do, you do burlesque as an actor. So you're acting like a burlesque performer, which I think is not good because it's like, you're like, and now I'm going to show you my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, versus like, you know, like there's my shoulder, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I don't know, I guess, I guess, um, yeah, for me, it's just like, it's, um, it's, it's a hyper version of myself. Like, it's like, yes. you know, I think, and it's helped me yeah. like in, in other art forms as well. Like when I did my first show at Joe's Pub, I, it was one, it was essentially a one woman show. It's called One Woman Rainbow. And, and, um, and I was so fucking nervous. Um, but then it was like, I got on stage and I was like, oh, I know what to do. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, I wasn't doing burlesque in the show, but it was like, I'm an entertainer. I know what to do. So I guess, um, you know, it's like, like you might crack jokes as a comedian. You might just like crack jokes with your friends when you're talking. Um, and you know, I know that when I'm with my comedian friends, I try to crack as many jokes because I'm like, I can make them laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Can we laugh some more? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that that um, answers your question. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember what my it was question like, was. Is, but... Like burlesque is like cosplay of like 
feminine like exploration yeah i feel like i enjoy it in a similar way that drag queens enjoy it sure like you know well yeah like, and now there's women who yeah. dress in drag yeah so. we started i consider yeah. myself a drag queen like i was like like yeah. you yeah. know i was like i would like glue down my eyebrows and then i was like oh i already have feminine features i don't need to Go. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's oh wait it's it's such an interesting thing yeah it's, it's an yeah. interesting experience to like I like experiencing femininity through it you know I don't know it's sure yeah. yeah yeah um so I feel like we should yeah. pick a card and that it may lead into some other questions I want to ask her Linda yeah Okay, well, you got me to okay, show well. Joe's Pub Show first. <laughs> oh my God, please. Yeah. Please. It's just like, it's been what I've been working on. Um, So like I said, in 2019, I did One Woman Rainbow, which um was using the colors of storytelling technique. It's like red was like birth and sex and orange was like divinity and creation and humor and yellow was intuition. And I just kind of like, and, and green was like the heart chakra. So I told story and story about uh, a failed love affair and you know things like you know so anyways that was what I did um in 2019 and I had booked it for 2020 and we all know how 2020 went um and so then I had it rebooked for later in 2020 and then it was like okay no <laughs> so finally I had it booked for uh February 2nd of 2022 and then Omicron hit and at that point I had decided I wanted to do an ensemble show because um during the pandemic, I did a project called Year in Rainbow, uh, which was a second iteration of that project where I wore one color every other month, and then I wore rainbow every month, and then I, uh, uh, every other month, and then I kept a video blog about it, and I made a video for each color and rainbow each. So I ended up with, I actually had 13 videos because I did like a dress rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> I did like two weeks in a color because I was like, let's see if I really want to do this. And um, so, and and when I done it in 2007 and 2008, I ended up doing a color show each month. So, um, so, but obviously we couldn't do that in 2020 and 2021. So by the end of that project, I, I had collaborated with a couple people, but mostly I made all these videos on my own. And I was like, I, ha I can't, I'm not doing a solo show. It's just not going to happen. Like I need to work with other people. And, um, and so, yeah, so I've got a really great cast and, um, and it's Monday, May 2nd so <laughs> at Joe's pub. And I'm just like this yeah. upcoming Monday and I'm just excited to, uh, be on stage with a bunch of other people and um, it'll be my last performance for a few weeks maybe two months because I broke my foot and I have to get surgery afterwards so um, you know I don't know when this is gonna air but either you know it's too late you, you won't see me for a couple months or come see me <laughs> Amazing. Well, it, we're not going to get this episode out before your show. However, um, we can, you know, kind of get in contact yeah. with you prior to yeah. airing and see if there is anything yes. going on that you do want to promote. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so cool. Yes. And I'm sorry it's, about your foot. I know. Mm. So, so dumb. So we have this deck of cards called the Big Deck yes. Energy Cards. And eventually they'll look very much like that lovely garment you have behind you where it'll have artwork and 
lovely things and it'll be laminated and but for now yeah. they're on index cards so um i'm just gonna shuffle them and tell me when to stop stop okay now these are our way of taking back words the word is queer taking it back. <gasps> yay oh, that's perfect Okay, so first we have a definition. Queer, a magical, fabulous human who may enjoy non-heteronormative activities. And we got the upright position for you. So, in a world of bodega carnations, you are a tiger lily in a big gay bouquet. Bloom and be different because it's better than boring. (laughs) And then the, the affirmation. I am queer. I am divine. I am a free-flying fairy goddess, angel, demon, warrior. Choose. (sighs) That is, I'm speechless. And also, like, you've just, like, wrote my show. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) Well, let's talk about it. What is Personified. Yeah, I mean, it's like, um... Yeah, it's just like ha- literally how I feel. Like, you know, it's like I I don't know if you feel this way like as as artists, as performing artists, like I have a story to tell and I need I just want everyone to like hear it and feel it and like that's I kind of feel that way about color and like joy and love and like comedy and you know, dance and movement and sexy stuff and all of it. You know, just like I want people to like feel this positive joy and feel inspired. I think inspiration is this is the one word example of that of what I, you know, what I do try to do as an artist. And so I think um yeah, that card is just so magical and like yeah, I just, you know, it's like talk do you speak it's just weird it's it's interesting because I am dating a trans man. It's like we pass a straight, you know? And <laughs> that is so interesting. You know? yeah. And um and so I just, it's like, sometimes I feel like, oh my God, do they know I'm queer? And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm like in a rainbow parka. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's such a, um, your relativity and your experience as a queer person is is so, that is a very special, yeah, perspective of like, oh, I pass, I pass this straight sometimes, but I'm, but I'm queer. Like that's, Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, we went to we went to um, Plymouth, Massachusetts this summer, which is a place that Victor brings to Alcor, the dog who's sleeping right here. Um, and I can show you him for the. Because um, you can bring the dog to the beach uh, in that part of Massachusetts, and he'd never, I he hadn't, I think he'd been before, but I don't know. This was like before uh, the the most recent BLM up uprising and um we drive into this town it was i forget what it was called but like the smaller part of plymouth and there's like all these like uh blue lives matter american flags and i was just like <sighs> oh we are in the land of white supremacists <laughs> like, yeah yeah oh. <laughs> which i'm from massachusetts and people don't think that people think of it as this like blue state bastion mm-hmm. and let me tell you mm-hmm. there is a lot of racism in massachusetts depends where you go yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like New York. I mean, you go upstate and you're basically in the South. An hour. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but then we were like going to the beach and like, you know, it was just like, uh, I, I, it was, it was, um, you know, and I did acid for the first time in like maybe 20 years. <laughs> Which, oh, I wish we had more time to talk about acid. He loves acid. Love acid. I had done, I had sparkled, which is just like a, it's microdosing, which I loved, yeah. and I was like, because I had a bad trip when I was fourteen, and then I was like, never again. Then I did a microdose, and I was like, this is amazing. I should take a whole dose. That's so fun. No. <laughs> no. A big no on that. Oh my god. Funny. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, I literally felt like I was going to have diarrhea the whole time. <laughs> it was just like that anxious feeling of like, oh my God, I'm going to shit myself. Yeah, you and, know, oh, Kirsten yeah. loves it. And I had like a not great experience uh, maybe 10 years ago. And uh-huh. so we did a little sparkle in Fire Island, right? Oh, Which is, is my, you know, way. yeah, my ha- my happy safe space, you know. Yes. And I think uh, I sparkled and then I did a little more sparkle, but I think it was the equivalent of like probably half and that uh-huh. and that was just fine. Um, yes. We also got stuck in a rainstorm, so that was hilarious. But um, and also, so but also common. like a little overwhelming. We were also at like afternoon tea, so we were like surrounded by just like thousands of gay men, just like ah, and I was like, I just need to go back to the house. <laughs> yeah, and then we, like ideally, it's usually you're not like really in public, but we got caught in this rainstorm and we needed to find a roof. Yeah, and so that's how we ended up at afternoon tea. But then I will say that. Taking that little boat back to Cherry yeah. Grove in a storm, I was like in heaven. I was you like, were in the like, pines. Yeah, unfortunately, we got yes. stuck in the pines. That's a he nightmare when you're sober. <laughs> <laughs> so <sighs> funny. Yeah. Also, feel free to like come out and stay at the house in Cherry Grove. Let's let's. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you don't have to ask me twice. I yeah. love. That. I've been there in years. Ah, oh, so good. Um, but. Speaking of queer, you know, the Boss Bitch show, our stand-up show is we pride ourselves in being a safe space for queer comics and and queer people to enjoy a comedy show where there won't be like homophobia and misogyny and, you know, um, so, uh, you know, as a performer, you know, how does your, how does your queerness relate to your, your work? I mean, obviously, we talked but about your rainbow color for sure. And I think um, it's a, it's interesting because like there's this thing called like femme invisibility, which is like um, because it's like, you know, women are supposed to be feminine in the heteronormative world mm-hmm. that like like I I'm like every year I'm just like I'm gay, guys. Book me for book me for a pride event. And like I I need I think I need to start now. I should have started like in January telling people to book me, you know? Um, So, so it's, it's interesting because it's like, it's like, how, like, how can I be any less gay? Like, how can you not see that? You know, like. Yeah. I've had plenty of bi erasure, um, like being on shows with um, lesbians, lesbian comics. And that, mm-hmm. you know, and somehow it coming up in conversation that I also have sex with men and they're like, you'll get over that. That's a phase. That's yeah. yeah that's not real. No. Bye until you're not. <laughs> Bye until the U-Haul comes out. And I'm like, no, actually, like I gravitate towards a person's energy and that can look like different forms, you know, 
what body that's in. So, yeah. Thanks for that. I wish homosexual meant human sexual because that's like pan just doesn't quite because pan is like I know, I don't know. it makes me think of bacon yeah or like I don't know uh, you know I had we know each other for, we knew each other from a few different worlds but one of the worlds is like the sex party community and it's not always um a community people aren't as like welcoming and it's can be weird and yeah. You know, so it's like pan, everyone's like, I'm pansexual. It's just like, yeah, you like to have swing on occasion. And like, <laughs> maybe you like rubbed a guy's shoulders and you're pansexual. <laughs> it's like when people say they're poly just because they want to fuck a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's hard. Like I, I have friends that that, you know, identify as pansexual and then um, might date more men in general but like they identify as someone who likes and like there's so many different words you know you could say bisexual or it's like you know Rachel's exactly in her story of like I'm I'm bi I identify as bisexual yeah. but some sometimes I date more men than women or like you know like it can that gray area can look so many different ways and I think we're finally at a place where there's so many different terms and some of the terms can mean the same thing and some of them can meet, mean totally different things. And yeah. That's why I like yeah. queer better. Cause it, it, it does exactly. feel like, oh! it does feel like um more of an essence rather than like, Oh, I have to fit in this box. I'm 50% this and 50% that. It's like, exactly. no, my, I am queer, you know, and it, yes. and it is mm -hmm. a, a bigger expression. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. You know what? Bringing it yeah, back. Bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just bringing it back. Um, fabulous and magical. Is that what it? Oh, let's says see. Yeah. Oh my God, we should we should send you. We'll send you a picture of okay. it. Yeah, I can great. absolutely do that. Yeah, we just yeah. we just started like you know spitballing these definitions. A magical, fabulous human who may enjoy non heteronormative activities. Ah, I love it. And then I am a free-flying fairy goddess, angel, demon, warrior. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. A tiger lily and a big gay bouquet. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, let let everybody know where uh, they can find you, by the way. I'm pretty active on the gram. I don't know if anyone is anymore, but I... <laughs> Us older, you know, us uh, Gen X, millennial, whatever have you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's Darlinda Just, uh, the name Darlinda and the word Just. Um, and then I have a website, you know, <laughs> call me crazy. I mean, yeah. And that's Darlinda, just Darlinda.com. So. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure and an honor. We adore yeah. you. So Darlinda, just Darlinda. Thank you. Check out Darlinda at Joe Boob's 60th birthday show at Coney Island on Saturday, August 6th, or at Bushwig, September 10th or 11th. Also, don't forget, please subscribe, rate, and review our show. Just go to the show, scroll down to the bottom, and hit rate and review. It makes a huge difference. Thank you.